If you've ever thought of quilting your own projects but just don't know where to start, I have the perfect first steps for you. I've put together a PDF guide. I call it Three Steps Toward Freehand Freedom. These are the baby steps, but they can help you move past your overwhelm and show you that yes indeed, freehand quilting can be learned. So if you'd like to snag this PDF, there's a link in the show notes, or if you're an Instagram user, just message me three steps. That's the number three, S-T-E-P-S, and I'll send you that link. Let today be the day you get started. We create these lofty goals, and that's where it becomes a problem because you can plan a goal all you want, but until you put action behind that plan, that goal's not going to happen. So we really like to be able to help people take those big yearly goals, break them out into monthly tasks, and then encourage them to get those in your calendar, get them on your schedule. Um, We really do feel like it's important to make time for doing those things that you love. Welcome to Measure Twice, Cut Once, the podcast where we hear quilters and other crafters' stories and draw encouragement and even life lessons from them. Today's guest is Lorinda Davis. I'm your host, Susan Smith, and I'm coming to you from my quilting studio, Stitched by Susan. This is where my long arm, Lucy, and I spend lots of hours doing freehand, edge-to-edge quilting. And if you're not a quilter and those terms mean nothing to you, it's basically doodling on the surface of a quilt with a 50-pound writing utensil with needle and thread attached at high speed. And if you are a machine quilter, I invite you to tune in to the live and unscripted events that I host on my YouTube channel, also called Stitched by Susan. They're on the first and third Friday of every month, and they are usually one project from start to finish in real time, and they're streamed live, so they're interactive, meaning you can ask questions and get answers about a project while I'm working on it. So I invite you to join me there again the first and third Friday of every month. The quilting community, as I'm sure you already know, is so diverse, so colorful, and supportive. So I invite you to listen in as we meet a new quilter each week and hear their stories. Today's Pins and Needles is brought to you by The Will and Dave Show. Hi, I'm the Will half of The Will and Dave Show, a short little podcast that myself and the eponymous Dave like to record talking about the things that really matter to us, whether that's social, political, or pop culture. Usually we don't see eye to eye, but more often than not, we can find some common ground in there somewhere. And now, back to pins and needles, with a quick tip for all you sharp quilters out there. In my corner of the world, we're having a very breezy day today. Summer and the sun is shining, but a fairly stiff wind. So I'm taking advantage of it to hang some of my quilts out on my porch railing to air out. And if you have a wash line, even better, you could hang them on that and actually secure them with clothespins so they stay put. My mom was a great believer in not washing quilts too terribly often. And of course, she made her quilts in the era where there was a lot more handwork. She was a hand quilter and of course did the binding by hand and things like that. And so she was very conscious of not just wearing the quilts out due to much washing. And I think sometimes today we get a little too casual about that. More of our quilts are machine stitched and perhaps more durable. But even so, the colors and the fabrics do wear out faster with more frequent washing. And sometimes equally valuable is just a good airing out and freshening up. And I tell you what, there is nothing that smells as good as a quilt that's been out in the sun and the wind for an hour or two. 
You know I love my coffee, and generally I take it classic and black, but today I had one with a dollop of whipped cream in it. Mmm, so delicious. If you are interested in supporting this podcast, it's as simple as going to buymeacoffee.com forward slash stitched by Susan. There for the price of one delicious coffee, you are able to make a one-time contribution. Thanks so very much for your support. That's what makes this podcast possible. And maybe take a moment now to refill your cup as you settle back to enjoy today's interview. Lorinda Davis loves making pretty things, but she also loves being organized. In this episode, we're going to chat about her journey into the art of quilting. The first time she tried it, she thought, that's not for me. But eventually she was drawn in in a rather unexpected way. And then we explore the wonderful world of planners, organizers, checklists, and how writing things down helps us keep balance and priorities in our lives. And of course, it's not all about productivity. It's really about crafting a life you love. And generally, that doesn't happen by accident. Let's welcome Lorinda. Lorinda, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I have been, as I always do, surfing through, you know, your social media pages and your website, trying to learn all I can about your background. And I'm so fascinated by the product that you offer today. But before we talk about that, I would love to hear just a little bit of your personal story. What brought you into the quilting world? Um, well, actually, it was my children and homeschooling. Um, I have always been a crafty person. I was a crocheter. I had done a little knitting. Um, I had sewn Halloween costumes and curtains and things like that. Um, but I had tried a little quilting. And I thought, ah, I, I don't think this is for me. It was a rag quilt. It was a doll quilt for my daughter. And I, I thought, no, I don't think so. Uh, but then my kids who were homeschooled at the time were doing a history lesson that required them to uh, make a quilt block. And we all dutifully went to the fabric store and everyone, in, I have three kids, they all picked out their fabrics. And then we went and put the quilt blocks together. And as they put them together, I realized that the blocks looked completely different from each other, even though it was the same pattern. And so I started looking into that and realizing how much fabric placement and color placement made a difference when it came to quilting. And that design aspect and that color play really, really intrigued me. So I, I didn't enjoy the process at first. Now I do. But it really was that art of color placement and fabric placement that really, really drew me in. Um, and, and so thus it began was the rabbit hole. Yes. Yeah, it was perfect. My kids, actually, that was their last year where all three of them homeschooled. And so the homeschooling uh, transitioned me right into my next uh, thing. How awesome. I think... It is so amazing to me with all the different people that I talk to about how they entered into the in their quilting journey, how many doors there are in and how different that looks for each person. And I think that's kind of a reflection of how broad quilting is. You know, we use that one word, but just the difference between the two you mentioned, a rag quilt and a more traditional cotton pieced type of design. Those are two entirely different crafts, really, right? Mm -hmm. So for anyone trying it out, you know, the moral to the story is experiment just a little because it's so broad, you know, from the contemporary to the traditional to the whimsical to the folk artsy, you know, so broad. So fun that you found your way in that way. Yeah, yeah. And I always encourage new people too. It's great because when you're new, you don't know what's supposed to be hard. 
And so you just dive right in. So I think my third quilt was a foundation paper piece, compass star. I had no idea that it was supposed to be hard. I just went for it. Everything was hard at that point. And, you know, I don't know that it is necessarily hard for everyone. Like that kind of precision and careful work Mm -hmm. might appeal to certain people and be easier for them than, say, you know, pinning and trying to to piece a more traditional way. So who's to say it's hard, right? Just try it. You're so right. That's true. I used to teach sewing um, to students and I would have some that just they wanted to get it done as quickly as possible. And then I had others who really enjoyed taking the time to be precise because that there was joy in that process for them. Yes, yes. So true. So I'm curious, did any of your kids kind of follow up on that? Was the beginning, did that begin their journey at all? And they kept up with sewing or no? No, all three of my kids know how to sew. Um, They just don't do it as a hobby. My daughter took it on a little more than my boys did. She did make a baby quilt at one point for a friend's little sister that was being born. But for the most part, they have all their other hobbies that they like to do. But you never know. You've done the great thing, which is introduce them, let them dabble in it and play in it a little. And who knows what the years will bring. Exactly. Okay, so here we go. The way that I found you, and I think the way many of us know you, is through your quilter's planner. So I'm curious, first off, like usually when something like this is developed, it's because someone saw a gap or a need. What was the gap that you saw that you feel like your planner really fills? Well, really, it was Stephanie Palmer, our original owner. She was the one who developed the Quilters Planner, and she's such a planner addict. She loves organization. And of course, as quilter, thought, hey, we could use this. And um, so I was friends with her at the time. I've been a customer since the beginning, and I started working with her later and then eventually took over the business. But for me, it's um, there's this... Um, misunderstanding, I think, about quilters or creative people in general that we are disorganized. I'm disorganized because I'm a quilter. I'm a quilter and it's just automatic. And uh, so I like to push against that a little bit. I, I think that there are a lot of us out there that they don't want to feel overwhelmed by our projects. We don't want to feel like our projects are taking over our life or our life is interfering with our project. So it's a really good product to be able to balance those the two things. So when Stephanie was ready to step back, it was perfect for me because that's that's sort of my uh, life song too, is to help people to, um, to fight busyness in their lives. And that overwhelming sense of the daily tasks are drowning me and I don't get to do the things I love. So it was a really, really perfect fit for me. I love that. There's something almost magical, I think, about the result when you put something on paper, what that does. And I'm sure there are terms for it and phrases for it and studies about it, which I know nothing of. I just know it works. When you get your to-do things on a piece of paper and then you mark them off, or when you get your goals on a piece of paper, or when you get your creative ideas written down, there is something magical about that. Do, you, do your customers really find that to be true? Is that you have repeat customers that come back because they value that so much? Absolutely. We try and create a beautiful product because we feel like beautiful products are fun to use. And it is definitely fun for people to be able to check something off of a list. That's why in our project planning pages or our projects at a glance where they can um, 
write out all their projects, they can check off each stage. So it's not just that you get that little dopamine rush when you finish something, you get it in each step of the way. And that really does motivate people to keep going on their projects because they go, oh, that felt really good because I was able to cross off the basting step. I think I'm going to just start quilting it now so I can cross off the quilting step next. There definitely is science behind that, behind breaking your big lofty goal down into very small measurable steps. And at every step, you know, noting, I reached Mm -hmm. it, milestone, milestone, milestone. It just success builds success. Um, Yes. I just find, yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking, I'm thinking my way through this because I know I find this in my own life. I am not naturally... Um, a, a planner or a journaler or a writer down of things. But I've learned this about myself. I, coming back to, there is something magical and even powerful about putting things on paper. So I know you have mm-hmm. spaces for monthly goals, for example, or for tomorrow's goals, or even for the year, something that I'm going to do. And there is something powerful about getting that out of your head, you know, and in pen and ink that moves you forward. I think, yeah. So we do at the beginning of the year in particular, but we create these lofty goals for ourselves and then we don't break them down. And that's where it becomes a problem because you can plan a goal all you want, but until you put action behind that plan, that goal's not going to happen. So we really like to be able to help people take those big yearly goals, break them out into monthly tasks, and then encourage them to get those in your calendar, get them on your schedule because Um, We really do feel like it's important to make time for doing those things that you love. You, you, time is a limited resource. And I feel like if we can help people to spend theirs a little better in their mind, then, then we've done our job. Yes. And each of us has exactly the same amount of time. I always get that visual image. I don't know who told this story first, but of the jar or the vessel and you're putting stones into it, you know, and you have to start with the big, most important ones. And then there's lots of space for adding the little things. But if you start by piling all the little sort of semi-urgent things into your day first, you run out of time or space for the big ones. And that visual image, I think, is really powerful, too. It matters that you decide which are the important things because there is time for those. Yes, yes. And in our quilting lives, we can look at it as um, a lot of times we like to get distracted by a pretty pile of fabric. But if we really think about what are the quilts that I want to leave behind? What are the quilts that are important for me to finish this year? Uh, Who are the family members that I want to make sure get a tangible uh, product of my love? And really thinking of those things rather than some of the smaller projects that start and never finish the shiny things let's face it (laughs) yeah oh we're great with shiny things aren't we i've got a whole list of shiny things and there's nothing wrong with that shiny distracting thing um if you see it and you want to reassess and go you know what this is more important than what i was doing that's totally fine we're all about changing goals if you have a goal and you realize two months down the road that it's not the right thing for you or that you miscalculated then change it. Absolutely. But you're still doing whatever it is you're doing on purpose. It's not reactive. It's not knee jerk. You're still doing it on purpose. Exactly. 
Okay, so some of the other things that are in your planner, because honestly, planner is a very narrow word for your product too. You, It's just <laughs> jam-packed with all kinds of goodies, tips and tricks and patterns, and you feature designers. Tell us about some of those things. Oh, yeah, it's wonderful. We try to pack it with as much value as we can put into those pages. You know, we have a limited number of pages. Uh, we can't all carry around big, huge planners. So we try and pack it with as much information as possible. So uh, we have for our 2022 year and again in 2023, we have tips from three different designers of uh, quilting tips. And I'm not going to reveal quite yet who's doing those this year, but you'll see some tips about um, technique, but you'll also see some tips about staying healthy while you're quilting. And then we have a whole re uh, a reference section that people can go to and look at binding tips or calculations, things like that. It's just at your fingertips. If you're not at a computer and can't pull it up, it's all there. Maybe and you're on yes. a quilting retreat and there's no internet access. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then we have patterns. We feature designers uh, every year, different designers. And we Who have is featured in 2022? Uh, in 2022 or 2023? Well, okay, you probably can't tell me 2023 yet, can you? Or is that already we, out? We have, we have just announced that. So people can go onto our Instagram and see, but I'm really excited. Uh, our our sew-along designer is Claire Campion. And she lives in the UK and she designed a beautiful medallion style quilt for us as our sew along. So in the past, we've had a sampler blocks that we all assemble at the end of the year, but we wanted to try something a little different. We noticed that our sew along participants tend to be ready to move on around September, October to the next year's planner. And so, yeah, so we shortened up our sew along and they'll be finishing up quilts in September. That makes good sense. And I love to hear that, that you're responsive to the feedback you're getting from your from your users, basically, yeah. so that you can always improve and, and meet their needs. You know, our customers are my friends and they, they're they in that com quilting community with me. So I was a part of this community and friends with some of these people before they became my customers. And so it's really nice to be able to connect with more people through the business, but also uh, connect in a deeper way with some of my quilting friends. For sure. For sure. And I mean, what you offer them is just so, it, it seems, I don't know, planners are underutilized things. They are just, I know I keep circling back around to this, but just this whole idea of when you get something not rattling around in your head anymore, right? But you get it down on a piece of paper or within something that you can see at a glance, it makes such a difference. And I just wonder if you, maybe even you hear testimonials about this, if people find they're actually accomplishing more, like surprising themselves with how many finished products they get, just because they're seeing them at a glance and then they can evaluate and make decisions and sort of knock them out of the park. Yeah, I hear both. Actually, I do hear a lot of customers go, oh my goodness, I got so much done this year. And then some people go, oh, I didn't really use my planner. I even have friends. Uh, one recently said to me, oh, I haven't been using my planner, almost guilty like. And I'm like, that's that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I said, that's fine. I can, I can help you, you know, get it day to day. I actually have mine to my right or to my left every day because I'm left-handed. And so it's just there with a pencil on top of it. I feel like uh, 
a planner can be an expensive item, especially custom one like this. Yeah, exactly. If you're not using it. So I tell people, if you are not going to use it, I don't want you to spend the money. I would rather you buy it and use it. But um, yeah, I, I find that having it out every day really helps or at least once a week having it out. And it's kind of the sidekick of my life. And I do love that you make it pretty because there are you know, people in varying degrees and in various tastes, right, can make it their own, can use the colors that are their favorite, can use the curlicues or the graphic elements, and, right, and just create their own. Um, it's almost a record. It's almost a memoir, too. You know, if you do it each year and look back or you do it occasional years and look back, it's cool to have something that pretty that you've created. I, I do look back at my previous years and it's very fun to see it is it does feel a little bit like a journal and I've started something new this year and in my current planner is journaling um, a sentence or two just during the week up at the top margin or when I go on a hike with my husband I write about the hike uh, or when we went on vacation I kept uh, afterwards when I came home I, I journaled down everything that we did each day and it was really nice to be able to look back at that that's very personal I love that I wonder if you would, because we might have some listeners who don't know, for example, what a sew along or a quilt along is. I wonder if you could give us a brief description of that process. Yeah, of course. So in our community, it's planner users because the pattern is in the planner. And it's a group of people who are sewing together the same project. Uh, they don't have to physically be together. That's the wonder of the internet. So and, on the same kind of timeline. Yes, they're on the same schedule. Uh, so if they have, say, we're doing this part of the project on this week, and then we're moving on to the second part. And there's so many wonderful sew alongs out there that the community, the quilting community online is doing. So if you just search 2022 sew along, you know, if someone's uh, one of the listeners interested in, in joining a sew along, just search and you're definitely going to find something that fits your style or fits uh, the technique you want to learn. It's it's a really actually great way to learn techniques. I know some sew-alongs, they focus specifically on techniques. So they will try something in one time period and then move on to another technique, maybe needle turn applique and foundation paper piecing. And so they try different techniques over the time and and the techniques or the blocks get progressively more complicated and difficult. And uh, so that's a great way to learn. And then if you don't want to focus on technique, it, an easier sew along is a great way to build community. It's a fabulous time. I, I've done sew alongs with friends of mine where, you know, it's just encouraging. We comment on each other's blocks online and it's, it's a really good way to, to build camaraderie because you're all doing the same thing at the same time. And also, if you have trouble, you know that there's going to be a community of people to help you through that because they're doing the same block. Yes. And a little side benefit is you always get to see that project, which everyone's doing the same pattern, but everyone chooses different fabrics and colors. And it's amazing the different styles. And that can really open your eyes to all the possibilities out there. And also most sew along or quilt alongs are free. So it is a really great way, as you said, to pick up new techniques or tips from um, 
you know, a, a pattern or a new technique and it's free of charge. You don't have to travel for it. You don't have to pay for it. And you can use fabric out of your stash if you want to. But I'm thinking exactly. of one that's that's going on right now that I'm seeing on Instagram a lot. And it's improv piecing. And it's just a great idea. There's this great oh. conversation. And they're working on things like stripes and then curves. And so it is just a great way to build your skills. Mm-hmm. So true. Yes, okay. So yours definitely. is the medallion style, right? Did I remember that correctly? That's it, what it is in it, 2022. It, yeah. No, 2023. Yeah, that's the new one coming up, right? That's for 2023. Yeah, the one that's just been announced. Um, so for 2022, we did this fabulous, it was designed by Cheryl Bricky. She's done a lot of our sampler quilts before. And so it's actually on the wall behind me. It's called the checkerboard sampler. So it's got blocks that are alternating a very dark charcoal with white. And then it's got this beautiful. So the backgrounds are the checkerboard. And then there's Yes, yes. And then the sampler blocks are in color. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a great quilt. The The customers are really enjoying it. We have a Facebook uh, group and a lot of them like to put their blocks on there and share what they're doing. It's, and again, like you said, it's very fun to see the quilt done up in different fabrics. And like, like I said, that's what drew me to this. So seeing in those different fabrics is really encouraging. Mm-hmm. And so often different makers will put their own, in some way, imbue their own personality into it too. You know, they'll add a little flourish or a border or something and it will just make it their own. Yes. And I should clarify too, when we say a medallion style quilt, that just means you start in the center with something focal and then you build around it in, in borders or frames or even blocks, but you build from the inside out mm-hmm. as opposed to checkerboard style blocks. Yes. If that makes sense. Okay. I think we've made that clear. (laughs) (laughs) Super. Well, I'm so glad we we did this just in time to get the lowdown on what's coming for 2023, because it is time to start thinking about that and getting your ducks in a row and maybe sorting and evaluating your fabrics a little bit. I'm just curious, you know, on a personal level, are you a, a big stash or a scrappy kind of quilter or are you a get my fabric for this project kind of quilter? I quilt out of my stash a lot of the time and I tend to really like scrappy quilts. So I do that. Uh, This year I'm working on finishing up a bunch of gifting quilts. I just gave the last of my nieces and nephews their quilt last week. And so I have a few friends. So I'm doing that, but I'm working out of my stash this year and uh, even for backings. So that's a lot of fun. So I do tend to keep a fairly small stash though. I have had quilters come into my studio and go, you're not a real quilter. There's no way you can't have that little fabric and be a real quilter. <laughs> I said, yes, I am. Because I, I take that fabric, I bring it into my studio, I use it and I get it out into the world as quilts. Yep. I, I share your philosophy totally. I love fabric as much as the next person, but I do find that my taste, if you will, my aesthetic has changed fairly drastically several times over the years. So I never want to have, you know, 50 cubic yards of fabric in 10 years ago taste. So it's important to me that I use up at at least the pace that I purchase, if that makes sense. That's actually a really great concept. Yeah, I have the same. I have a a set area in my cabinet and the fabric needs to fit in that area. And if it doesn't, I need to stop buying. Yeah, yeah. And it is another great way to personalize a quilt because no one else will have those exact um, fabrics together in the same way. Yes. And so it's an, it's just another way to put your own personality on your project. Awesome. Yeah. 
Well, this has been so much fun. I am going to have to look closer at your planner for 2023 because I have not been a customer in the past. I've always been a, you know, line notebook kind of kind of girl. So, but I'm really intrigued by this idea. So I look forward to seeing the new planner. Before we go, Lorinda, do you have some little gem or nugget of wisdom that you would like to share with us? And it might be about your quilting journey and what that has meant to you. It might be about something altogether different in your life, whatever you choose. Uh, Mine's a little life nugget. I think something that I've been working on the last several years and something that's really important to me is that well-being is just as important as productivity. Uh, I tend to come, I come from a family that tends to uh, value their day based on what they got done. And uh, it's something that I've talked with my dad and I particularly, we've talked about. And so learning that rest is not only important, but necessary has been a big thing for me in the last couple of years. That is so true. I can't, I can't say that any better. Beautifully said. Okay. We'll try to take that lesson forward. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure visiting with you. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure for me. I really appreciate you having me on. My friend, thanks for tuning into the show. If you enjoyed this story, would you consider leaving a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts and pass on this episode to a friend whom you think would enjoy it as well. And remember, there are links in the show notes to Lorinda's blog and to her planner and all the organizational accessories that she offers as well. So until next time, may your sorrows be patched and your joys be quilted.